Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Any other time. Any other time. It'd be absolutely raging. But I'm sorry to say right now. You know, I know I'm not alone in thinking that. I know I'm not. I'm in plenty of WhatsApp groups and everybody's kind of on the same page. I sort of built this up before the game. Had a joke about it being like, nah, you know, a loss for Tottenham today is a win for Tottenham sort of shit. But as we got closer to the game, I thought, you know what, actually, fuck this lot, man. I don't care what Arsenal are doing. I just want to see Tottenham win. And then going 2-0 up in that first half. I was obviously very happy, but it was just so... Like, Billy T put it perfectly in saying that, like, it's just so perfectly Spurs. And it was at that point. The fact that we would be putting Arsenal, what, eight points clear? <laughs> After losing to them at the weekend to go up to the Etihad and win. Yeah, there's, that's a consideration, but still seeing Tottenham win away at the Etihad, you know, we're never going to. You can't, you can't turn your nose up at that, can you, under any circumstance? You just, it's just there inside you, isn't it? That, the joy. But. Seeing them come back and beat us, I'm just so oddly like like I say any other time I'd be absolutely raging, fuming, shouting and screaming at the telly. But this time I'm like, oh well. At least they're closer to Arsenal now. It's kind of like it's like the ultimate form of betting against your own team, isn't it? I don't, I know this won't be palatable to everybody. Some people will be annoyed, and I am annoyed on a certain level seeing Tottenham capitulate that because it like that. I mean, what it goes to mainly highlight is that at this level, playing against a team like Manchester City, because I think Tottenham actually played quite well. This is a mad thing. I talk about the performance, but the performance was good. I think we actually played well. We knocked the ball around nicer. We had a decent tempo and intensity to the football that we were playing. We created some decent opportunities. What let us down today, as is basically always the case with Tottenham at the moment, is individual errors. Individual errors let us down, and you just you can't do that against City. You cannot do that against Manchester City because I don't think they were particularly great, but they still have the quality to be able to punish you if you present them with the adequate opportunities. And when you say, I think all of their goals, all four of their goals, I would say probably came from Tottenham errors. It's pretty damning, isn't it? Um, we'll go into those areas more when I kind of do the player by player bit. But it's just a, it's a it's a real it's a real weird time. Um, 
to be a Spurs fan, to see Arsenal doing what they're doing, to have all the kind of noise and the issues that are going on at the moment at the club. Um, Antonio Conte is today spoken about how you know his recent bereavements have altered his mindset um that he's over in England away from his family misses Italy some people have said this is maybe part of a kind of staggered plan to him stepping away from the club or something that feels slightly cynical I mean I, I'm not I don't completely roll it out but it does feel slightly cynical I think it's probably one to just take on face value um because yeah you know he has gone through pretty significant personal trauma um so what he's saying is is probably true and the fact his family aren't here as well is is shit trauma or not bereavement or not you know um so whether or not he stays if we buy any players in this window i don't know what what do the club do really the manager on the precipice plays a very specific type of football that requires very specific players. I mean, I, I like I say, the thing is, I moan about Conte, but in terms of like the upheaval of the club, and given that we've been linked with like Thomas Tuchel, you know, I'm I'm sort of on the fence with Conte, but probably still more towards like I'd rather he stayed. What I would like is for Antonio Conte to commit to the club to say he properly loves the club, sign that contract, we give him a load of money. And we build properly from there and not just be stuck in this kind of state of limbo like we're in. But results like the weekend and the performance on the weekend and results like tonight, albeit a good performance, I can't imagine that softening his resolve um, toward the club and, you know... I just can't, it's mad to think that we're here already. It's mad to think that we're in this position. And it's mad to think that Thomas Tuchel is one of the the potential candidates. I mean, people can say all they want about him being a maybe a good manager or not. I'm, I'm not really talking about it on that, on that level. I'm just talking about the fact that not only are we going for another ex-Chelsea manager, which, I mean, in reality, doesn't it doesn't really mean anything. It's a bit embarrassing and it's like a weird quirk. And I think it's probably quite revelatory as to Levy's decision making I think oh it worked for them so let's see if it will work for us type thing um, it's a sort of safe-ish bet but he is a guy that's fallen out with the hierarchy of basically every club he's been at I mean I said it about Dortmund somebody said to me on Twitter that it was with uh, regard to the terrorist attack on the Dortmund team bus and apparently he fell out with them about that so I don't know I don't know the full ins and outs of it but I know he fell out at PSG which is which is easy to do admittedly um, and he fell out with the, the board at Chelsea as well which again is easy to do admittedly Thomas Tuchel says he's uh, well he's, he's said in the past that he's a Tottenham fan grew up a Tottenham fan so I guess on a on a sort of lame surface level, that's kind of appealing. 
Um, but overridingly, I just feel like we can see where that already ends up, right? You know that we're going to see a guy who is going to get annoyed with the way the clubs run. He's going to get annoyed by probably what he perceives. No, not even what he perceives. By a lack of support in the transfer window. And he's going to be in press conferences talking about how shit the club is in, what, 18 months' time? And we're all I'm probably going to be here rabbiting on about it. We're all going to be on Twitter saying, fucking hell, did you just see that last press conference? It's just a bit... We, we've done all this, haven't we, lads? You know, we've done all this. It just seems a bit... Seems a bit strange, but which... Podcast was it? I think it was Hometown Glory. They were talking about the fact that, from a business perspective, the club is successful. All right, as as proles, we don't get our shiny thing that we get to shout and scream about. But the club makes loads and loads of money. The brand is massive. Basically all the boring things that we don't really care about, first and foremost anyway, the club is massively achieving in. So when we say, like, you know, Levy doesn't know what he's doing and all this sort of thing, I guess if we need to confine it to, to a footballing sense, but if we're talking about him kind of getting sacked or whatever, as has been suggested, he takes a step back and Enoch sticks someone else to the fore. Why are they going to do that? Like the guy makes the club loads and loads of money and they're an investment company at the end of the day. Um, I, I, we do put money into the club though. So I, I don't know, like I say, I'm, it's a, it's a funny one. Enoch. It's a funny one. And you can go down these kind of weird rabbit holes with this and, you know, I think it it does veer into slightly no, not slightly. It veers into quite openly problematic territory with regard to Daniel Levy and Joe Lewis and the way in which they're sort of spoken about. But I do think at the same time we are allowed to have constructive discussions about the management of the club and just the, the lack of clarity because um, it's all a bit of a mess. <laughs> it's yeah all right we've we've lost tonight we've been you know we've been humiliated really that's the, that's the thing we've been humiliated and that sharp edge of it has been sanded away because it's meant that manchester city move closer to arsenal arsenal don't have that huge huge gap that they would have had with a game in hand i believe on man city so it sands, it sands the edges of that off. But it's still not great, is it? It's still not great to think that we can kind of go 2-0 up and still just concede in the in the fashion that we did. Um, the more and more I'm talking about it, the more and more it sinks in, really. Um, and it is frustrating. But like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to be performative about it. I'm not going to say that I think it's a absolute disgrace in that even though it kind of is because I really don't want Arsenal to win the league I mean what what more can I say than that like 
it will be such a relief to me and I know to many, many people if Arsenal don't go on to win the league this year. Um, and as I said on Twitter, it is nice to know that all those horrible, smelly little Arsenal fans that were following us intently this evening really got to experience what it's like to follow Tottenham Hotspur Football Club from the sublime to the farcical in the space of 90 minutes, really. Um, that's that, isn't it? Um, but yeah, that's another loss. That's two on the bounce. Fulham away next, which is not looking great either. And then, obviously, we've got the FA Cup and Manchester City at home, which, you know, if on tonight's evidence, we could well get something there. Um, but there's every chance that we don't. It's gets increasingly difficult to see Conte making it to February if that kind of if that happens. But then do we sack him? I'm not sure we do. Does he walk away? I'm not sure that he does. We are still stuck in this this weird in between place. Um let's do the team lineups. The team lineups. <laughs> let's go through player by player. I want to say by the way as well actually um before I talk about us Erling Haaland is a lump and he's not that good a footballer. And I know it's ridiculous to say, and I think I've said it before on here, but when he's not scoring goals, and yeah, okay, he scored a goal tonight, but when he's not kind of scoring goals, he just doesn't really do much, and I think he ruins Man City. I don't think they were particularly good tonight at all. They, like I say, they seized on errors on our part, and they have the individual quality to capitalise on those, but... As a team unit, they didn't look that good. They looked shit. To be honest, I thought I thought they looked shit. I don't think they. I think we look. The mad thing is, we looked the better team tonight. Um, and I think Erling Haaland is a big part of that. He just seems really out of sync with the way in which Manchester City play. I don't think he's technically good enough really to play for them. Um, and I still think Harry Kane makes them a better football team. Um, I think they'd be obscene with Harry Kane up top. Julian Alvarez is a fucking player as well, man. I just I really wish we'd have gotten him. Um, but there we go. Right. Tottenham players. Hugo Lloris. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is what basically every game since the World Cup he's well I'd say every loss since the World Cup he's been pretty central to that you would probably put him at fault for at, l at least two of the goals tonight maybe the goal is near post from Mares, which I think put them 3-2 up it's just not good it's like his drop-off is massive. It's massive. Uh, and he just looks like a sitting duck now. There's next to no redeeming features. And I, I know everyone's jumping on him and whatever. He's, he's been a loyal servant to the club, whatever. But you can't... We can speak about this respectfully. I've seen like comps of him flying around on Twitter and people saying, like, you know, get this man out of our club and stuff. We don't need to go to that level. He has been a loyal servant to the club. All that shit. But equally, because of that, we don't need to stand on ceremony right now. Um, maybe it's time to just give Fraser Forster a bit of time. You know, because he's not going to, is he? He's not going to drop Luis, but he needs to. And Fraser Forster is the only alternative who... Is a solid enough, decent keeper who can distribute the ball nicely as well. Um, Lloris is just... Phew, don't know. Don't know if he's been at the same drip doctors as Son or something, but whatever he's been up to, it's, it's not good. And it's, it's just age, probably. Let's be honest, it's just age. Uh, he, he looked like he was tailing off in 2019. His arm snapped in half. He came back. Probably had the best season he's ever had for Tottenham last year, I would say. And maybe that's that. But he's, what, 36, 37 now? Even for a goalkeeper, it's it's pretty old. Um, especially a goalkeeper that's quite small. You know, Hugo Lloris has always been... He's been he's always been a small keeper, obviously. <laughs> obviously, he hasn't gotten short. Like, um, <laughs> uh, imagine that. See, oh, he's gotten short, hasn't he? What's happened there? Um, <laughs> he's uh, he's always been short, but he's he's kind of gotten himself out of jail on that front um, by just being like super agile, being like a little cat and go. I've always seen people sort of call him a cat, but I think Vage like it's just catching you know the Od Odegaard shot. Funnily enough, he saved like a, a replica. Um, I'm not sure who it was from. Maybe it was Grealish or somebody. A replica of that Odegaard shot. He, he pulled off a decent save today. But looking back at the Odegaard shot afterwards, he definitely... I mean, Larissa of a few years ago would have saved that. He just, didn't, he just didn't get down quick enough. Didn't get... Didn't generate enough power in his dive or whatever. I don't know. Fuck knows. But just not quite there. Um, and it's a real... I. I don't think this is hyperbole. I don't think it's bandwagoning. I think everybody can see the uncomfortable truth unfolding before our very eyes. 
you know, remember the tail end of Ledley King's career when it suddenly was like the knee injuries have finally caught up with him and it was horrible to witness. And we could see, you know, our captain, our legend, our leader. God, that's what they say about John Terry, isn't it? Fuck that. Well, it's, it's just fucking words, isn't it? They don't have ownership over it. Shit, fucking tossers. Um, but seeing, yeah, Ledley King tail off and you all knew it was time. It's it's just that with Lloris now. It is. It just is. Fraser Foster's not a long-term replacement, is he? But apparently, um, is it David Raya? Is he Brentford's goalkeeper? Yeah, David Raya. Apparently, he's only got 18 months left on his contract. Get him in. Get him in now. Get him in. He's, uh, he's a good player, isn't he? He's good. He's quality. Brentford scouting is just unbelievable. Brentford scouting, Brighton scouting... I've got to say, I know we say they spend a lot of money, but City scouting is pretty fucking spot on as well. I'd never heard of fucking Rodri until they signed him, you know? And if I hadn't heard of him, you know? Hugo Lloris, thanks for the memories, but it's time to say goodbye. Christian Romero, Fantastic performance tonight, I thought. Um, sounds ridiculous to say because we conceded four goals, but I thought he did his best. I thought he was aggressive. He was controlled with that aggression for once. He managed to keep a lid on it. He kept Haaland mostly quiet. Um, his physical attributes, kind of his pace, his strength, are just dynamite. You know, and uh, as somebody, I saw somebody make a good tweet about this the other day saying, you know, I know Romero looks kind of a bit crap at times, but remember what Jan Vertonghen was like until Toby Alderweireld came alongside him. Be the odd mistake and you'd kind of be like, mm, mm, he's good, but, and I do agree with that. I think with Romero, if we get him a proper top quality partner, Player back four. We'll see the very best of him. Like we like he played for Argentina in that World Cup final. Phenomenal. Almost like flawless. Looking at that thinking, Jesus, he plays for us. Proper top defender. Um But yeah, he needs that he needs that part. I think he did get yellow tonight actually. I say he was controlled, but you know, whatever. Eric Dyer. Same isn't it with Eric Dyer? Um Bit all over the place, bit rabbit in headlights, and there's just no real quality there from him. He's just playing within himself now. Whatever he got possessed by, I probably just wanted to play in the World Cup, you know, um, and that momentum carried him through for a long time. But it's caught up with him now, and he doesn't get the ball moving nicely from the back. He doesn't pressure their attackers. There's just not much to him, you know. Good squad player. That's what I'd have him as. Keep him in the squad. If we can get a decent, you know, if you could get, if somebody wanted to pay you 30 mil for him or something, yeah, bite your hands off for it. 
bite your hands? Do you bite hands off or do you snap hands off? What is it? Snapping or biting? Don't... Wait, hang on. Don't bite a gift horse in the hand that feeds, isn't it? That's the old, that's the old saying, isn't it? Um... Yeah, just look, we can't have this conversation about Eric Dyer every time he plays. We know exactly what it is. Ben Davis, um, I thought he was all right tonight. I thought it was quite weird bringing on Longley for him. I didn't, I didn't really get that. Um, and Longley, I'll talk about him now. Fucking hell, like shocking. I think it was probably a lot. To ask of him to bring him on at that point when, you know, he's not warmed up. I mean, he's probably warmed up before getting on the pitch. But, you know, I mean, he's not match warmed up. Is that a thing? I think it's a thing. Um, he, wasn't, he hadn't come to grips with the pace of the game. There you go. That's a better way of putting it, isn't it? And he was just, he looked, he looked bad. I thought Ben Davis was all right. I just hope for the love of God we don't spend money on Longley and I don't think we will. Because um, he'll cost us and he's not better than Dyer or Davis. He just isn't. Sorry, he isn't. He might do things slightly different to them. Maybe he's kind of got this sort of passing tempo setting ability, whatever, but we're, we're clutching at straws. Either way, if, if he does have this kind of passing ability or whatever, it's not unbelievable, is it? Hasn't like transformed our defence. He's not... It's just not that good, is he? Let's be honest. Emerson got his goal. Madly enough, I thought he actually had quite a good game as well. I thought he was he was decent enough tonight, um, which is good to see. You know, fair bit of pressure on him. People not being nice, and he knows people aren't being nice, which is sad. Um, end of the day, he's what twenty two, twenty three. He's a kid, really, in the grand scheme of things. It's a bit grim, isn't it? But good game tonight. I thought he was all right. Really, you know, as again, it's that same conversation, isn't it? That we know him and Doherty are interchangeable. Is what it is. Fine. Pierre Mihoibia, really gone off him again. I've really gone off him. Um, I really think he kind of pulled me out of it seeing us play against Arsenal. And I know Arsenal's a highly charged game. But at the same time, in big games like that, you need kind of big, pivotal, central players to step up. He is one of the bigger players, bigger personalities, one of the generals of our team, as I always say. And he was found wanting in that Arsenal game. He didn't step up, and tonight I don't think he stepped up either. It's funny enough, Rodrigo Bentancur has not played for, what, over a month now? Probably close to... No, not close to two months. About a month. And... He looked... He was probably our best player. Best player on the park. But Hoybier just... Seems second to everything. Seems to be chasing after the ball. Not reading anything. Tackling a bit sloppy. Passing sloppy. Just a bit all over the shop. Um... He tries his best, so I won't ever fault him for that. 
bleeds for the shirt and all that sort of thing. But he's just he's a squad player, you know. He's a squad player. He should be our McTominay, you know. Rodrigo Bentancur, as I've sort of just touched on there, just what a phenomenal player. What an absolutely phenomenal footballer. Um, I really had no idea, and I don't think many people did have any idea quite what a talent we'd signed when we bought him for what, 25 mil or something. I mean, that's insane. You, you could legitimately ask for upwards of 80 mil for him now in in the market the way it is right now he's an unbelievable player and I mean they're pretty they're pretty stacked in midfield but any other time I would say I wouldn't be overly surprised to see Real Madrid come in for him I mean they may they may still well do but he's he's a brilliant player um I'm glad he's ours hope he stays ours for a long time but I really don't think it'll be long before we get a pretty meaty offer for him because you can just see it with some players, right? You can just see that some players are just class, that they're really, really good, and that's him. You don't really... You don't worry about him having an off performance or something because you just know he's that good. He's that type of player. Fantastic. Even Perisic... Again, as I said on Twitter, is it time to admit that he's actually just not that good? His crossing's good, alright, but other than that, I think he's been pretty underwhelming for us, Mr. Sitter, and he was at fault for, what, two of the goals, probably? Or you could say he was partly culpable. And it's kind of been the story of his season at Spurs, right? Where where we seem to caveat most of his performances with, yeah, but he's got a decent delivery. You know what I mean? It's It feels like we're constantly making excuses for him. And I get it, he's older, he's just played a World Cup, he's still working his hardest and he tries a lot. You know, he's a focused, dedicated professional, but... Don't think that position suits him. Maybe he should play in a more advanced role where Son plays. I've seen that suggested. I don't know really um, whether or not we'd play him in that way. Um, don't think we would because Son doesn't seem to be anywhere close to getting dropped. I think Conte is just desperate to get Son out of whatever he's in, but I think he's too far gone. Personally, um, Perisic, though, look, what else have we got? Ryan Sessegnon. So, but we need, we need wing backs. You know, if we're going to, if we're going to persist playing this formation, we need wing backs. We do. We need to spend real money on, on both sides. Dejan Klosevsky, good goal. Well taken. Still looks a bit rusty, I think. I don't think he's quite up to his best, but he's been injured. It's fine. There's no no worrying about him 
sooner or later, getting back to his best, he will do, because he's an exceptional footballer. Just don't think he's quite there yet, but he's still coming up to speed. He's been injured. Fine, give him a break. It's all right. Humminson. So it's funny, like, there's a part of me that feels that if Kane does go this summer, which we've got to talk about this stuff, it's not, oh, you know, don't, don't, oh, don't, oh, don't bring it, grow up, all right? These things happen and it looks like it maybe will. And I've seen a lot of people saying, like, we need to get we need to get Son out of the club and we need to get rid of him now. We need to cut our losses. We're too sentimental. Lloris, Son, Kane's gone. Clean slate. I'm actually kind of... I feel more that if Kane goes, I would actually... I think it's probably best we keep Son and just... Get him to not do as much running. You know, what he's doing now, I don't think his body can take it anymore by the looks of it anyway. Because um, he looks done. There was that one opportunity in the first half that he would have lapped up any other year. Got the ball on the break. And he just, he just, as we've seen all this year, he just couldn't really bring the ball down cleanly. Couldn't get it into his feet. Couldn't hit his stride. And Jack Grealish, of all people, darted back and just nicked the ball off of him. It was just, it was quite horrible to see him humbled like that, you know? But I think, like I say, if Kane does go, I'd almost be tempted to not start him every week, but just play Sun up top, maybe as a rotation, and just tell him, just don't do as much running, just focus on staying up there being a focal point for us to, you know, get the ball to and you put it in the back of the net. Because at the moment it feels like he's having to do a lot of running, he's having to do some defensive work, he's having to fulfil that role of being that inside forward. And I just I'm I just think time has caught up with him now. It's clearly not just a bad run of form. It's clearly not just a him inside his head or something. Maybe he is still carrying a knock. That I mean, that is something we shouldn't discount. You know, he could still be injured. He's you know he's had his face smashed to pieces and he could just be tired. You know, he had a pretty sort of full on season last year. He's played a World Cup. Maybe he just needs a bit of a rest. Maybe Conte needs to rotate him more. It it seems mad to me that every time he brings Richarlison on, he still isn't taking Son off. Why he doesn't put Richarlison in in that in that position? How Son still stays on the pitch, but he does. I guess it's a numbers game. I guess it's a numbers game for somebody like Conte, where he's thinking, well, Son has a level of quality that means he is more likely than not to score goals for me. But how much longer does that persist for? Because he's not scoring goals and he's not really doing anything at all for the team right now. Um, but like I say, if Kane goes. I think not just from a from a playing perspective. I just think it's a big, big blow. Clean slate or not, I think it's a big blow for the club to lose Kane and Son in one summer at the same time. Um, we felt it before with Keane and Berbatov when we got rid of them. And it just, 
it wasn't good, you know, it wasn't good at all. And yeah, I guess we did recover in the end from that, although we did end up signing Robbie Keane back again. So, you know, I just think we shouldn't be so careful to wish away two of our greatest ever footballers. There's still hopefully a player there in some. And as I keep saying, maybe it's more just a time for us to, number one, shift our expectations on him, reevaluate how we view him as a player, and also just reevaluate from, I guess, those in charge of the club, those who run the footballing operations, reevaluate how he is utilised on the pitch. And then if at that point it's still the way it is now, then I guess we can say more comfortably it's time to say goodbye to him in some. But right now, I just don't think we should give up on him so so quickly. Harry Kane, still chasing those Greaves goals, still chasing them. Um, it's going to be quite underwhelming if he just gets them against fucking Bournemouth or something like that, isn't it? Not in the North London derby. Not at Manchester City. Just something underwhelming in this. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, I don't think there's anything poetic to that at all. I was going to make some fucking asinine point about it. That's a perfect metaphor for his Tottenham career, but it's not really, is it? He scores loads of goals. That's the bottom line. He scores loads of goals and he's going to break Jimmy Greaves' record and go down in history. And that's pretty sensational. <laughs> Imagine if from this point he just doesn't score any more goals. If he doesn't break the record this close and then leaves us in summer, that would be even more fitting, wouldn't it? Harry Kane not getting it over the line. Oh, how dare. How dare I say that? Um, right, well, yeah, I've, I've, but yeah, Harry Kane, I, I thought he had a, a, a good game tonight, though. You know, still spraying the ball about, still trying to make stuff happen. And he would have made our opposition look... Way better if he was playing for them. Um, I can't be asked to talk about the subs, to be honest. So I'll leave it at that. Um, thanks, everybody, for supporting the show. If you are, you can do so. Find the link on the Twitter bio. Buy me a coffee. There's no extra content or anything, but you just get the nice satisfaction of knowing that you're... Uh, whatever. Supporting the show. <laughs> um... And if you don't, if you don't do that, don't. It's fine. Um, but please do just retweet, share the pod. Um, put a couple out last week. You can still probably listen back to them. Um, they'll still be relevant. Latest probably Lara's really good. Good chat about Enoch on there. Good chat about Levy. Um, so check it out. Thank you. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.